an NFL without Bill Belichick grumbling on the sidelines, complaining to referees, orchestrating masterful, brilliant defensive game plans. What a world. Tis truly no country for old coaches any longer, Andy. As now Bill Belichick has been passed over for the Atlanta Falcons head coaching job. But two jobs remain, one likely to go to one of the offensive coordinators participating in this champ Sunday. Bill Belichick going to go to Seattle? I highly doubt it. It is six rings in football things for conference championship Sunday, catching you up on everything circulating in the wide world of Patriots and more with your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart. Brought to you, of course, as always, by the FanDuel Sportsbook, a presentation of WEI Odyssey Sports. Odyssey and 2400 sports, that would be. On today's program, yeah, we'll catch you up on what's going on with the former coach of the NEP as well as the coordination compilation. Uh, no official coordinators named yet, but some names are starting to emerge as front runners. Uh, and then we'll just make our picks for what should be an exciting championship Sunday. Andy, we have three games remaining, two Sundays of football, and then one winner shall be declared. And normally that's when uh, I and many go into that midwinter's depression of, oh, there's no football. Oh, what are we going to do with ourselves? Except this is one of the most compelling non-football gameplay off seasons I can remember in some time. And I know we keep saying that kind of like the same way we always joked about Andy, is this the most pivotal stretch of baseball for the 2023 Red Sox? But it really is a fascinating off season to date. And I think it's actually going to get more compelling, more fascinating and more interesting by the week. No question. I'm just trying to formulate my eight leg parlay that I'm going to bet on the uh, first round of the NFL draft. That's the, they call that the booty. Now. I don't know if you've known that. If you, oh. if, if you do the booty, it's an eight leg parlay. Hold which... on. We got to address this immediately. I'm sorry. I didn't even tease that out. Belichick is top of mind. Patriots coordinators champ Sunday and all. However, the Kayshawn booty. Awesome. Uh, scanned. It's I, I know you're not supposed to say somebody committing crime, setting a bad example for, student athletes, professional athletes, kids, Americans, whatever, uh, and now possibly facing legitimate jail time, prison time, is ever awesome or hilarious. Uh, but this is awesome and hilarious because I mean, eight-leg parlay? Who does eight, that? I mean, first of all, apparently he's really good at gambling. Like, he may just want to, like, wrap his NFL career now, even though he was supposed to be the next Jamar Chase. Turns out he's not even the next Rache Caldwell. He might be the next, the next Pete Jimmy. Rose. He might be the next Jimmy the Greek. Like, honest to God. Yeah, Pete Rose. Forget it. Like, but he's good. So he deposits. First of all, in case anyone doesn't know, Kayshawn Booty, the Patriots' sixth round wide receiver who made minimal impact at best, except for on social media in the 2023 season, who didn't get his foot down against the Philadelphia Eagles with his last play of the game. You have to wonder if he had the Eagles uh, minus three and a half on that one, Andy. We're not doing uh, that. All right. Poor guy. Right. Spec speculative nonsense, of course. That's all most of what we do here on the show, unless we say otherwise is. So he placed almost 9,000 illegal. That's right. Over 8,900 illegal online bets uh, while he was at college at Louisiana State University. Um, he deposited $132,000 approximately and ran his winnings up to over $550,000, including multiple... Uh, multi-leg parlays and he was hitting on eight-leg parlays my favorite part of this this is almost what makes this one of those coen brothers dumb criminal capers K 
Kayshawn Booty would use uh Kayshawn Booty would use uh online, he didn't even bother hiding himself. Oh. He at used the gambling handle at Kayshawn Booty7. Uh, and then this is my favorite one. Hold on. I think he actually used one that was called, wait, you ready for this one? And tell me, stop me if you heard this one. He also created a fake account with the name Kayla Fortenberry. Better than yeah. Kayla Dingleberry. <laughs> you really um, can't make this stuff up. Like what an absolute knucklehead, like goodbye NFL career. He'll be suspended at, ad infinitum, but like, well, plus they're going to now do more research and more digging and find more stuff. I'm sure. But the question I have is, you what do you call it? Speculative nonsense? Is that, is yes. that how you mean? Yes. So to go down the speculative nonsense role, do okay. we believe that Kayshawn Booty was making somewhere in the range of 23 bets per day himself for a year plus? Or is there any chance that he was sort of the intermediary for a group, that he was the one who set up an account and maybe multiple teammates, friends, whoever were doing it? You have seen how easy it is when you're using Fan Kings, Draft Duel, et cetera, because uh, I don't want to uh, necessarily rope our fabulous sponsor on the program here into this. But um, you've seen how you have any idea how easy it is to just go anytime touchdown uh, under this prop, that prop, this prop, parlay. Like you can place a hundred bets in two minutes' time uh, using one of these fabulous apps. Yeah, um, it's not a good idea, and I find it I know. unlikely. Well, uh, he was smart enough to to hide behind his mom's credit card when he was funding his accounts. Um, Where'd she get the money? I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe she's got a good credit history. Maybe uh, they took care of her at LSU. Again, speculative nonsense, everybody. That's uh, NIL yeah. money. Yeah, there you go. See? Um, these are the new problems of the college landscape. Charlie Baker, good luck. Have fun. Um, he also, I like the confidence, though. He bet on himself anytime touchdown against Florida State. And he bet on himself over 82 and a half receiving yards against Florida State one time as well. So only came up 60 yards short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this um, hopefully he had the over on receiving yards against Georgia a couple of years ago. But I, uh, madness, I think you've seen the last of Kayshawn Booty in a Patriots uniform and all like I'm pretty sure I go ahead and bet I on bet that. He doesn't play next year. Don't wow. forget. Can't spell booty without bet. Yeah, it is a just an absolute train wreck. Uh, like but but a hilarious train wreck like it's like a train that couldn't stop and that the intersection ran into like a clown car um a bakery truck uh part of the circus like it's just the and it's so wreckage. um appropriate and symbolic of what we're talking about today though like these are new age problems gambling mm -hmm. and players and nil and social media like all those things that are the modern athlete nfl and bill belichick at 70 soon to be 72 years old is not deemed desirable by any of the 32 NFL teams. And so I'm working on a column. Actually, by the time you hear this, the column will be posted on weei.com that it, it immediately made me think of 2009 in a rare Bill Belichick combine press conference. One of only, mm -hmm. I think two that I had the pleasure of sitting in, in my 20 years going to the combine because Belichick, you know, didn't do that like the rest of the league did. And right. he chose in 2009 to do it. And a big chunk of his opening statement, the closing part of his opening statement, was about how he just couldn't believe there was a National Football League that didn't have room for Mike Shanahan in terms of being a head coach. Shanahan yes. scanned by yes. the Broncos. And in the end, Bill concluded with, but that's the National Football League. And I would say the same thing to him. Like, 
Yes, superficially, it's hard for us to envision that Bill Belichick's not going to be on a sideline, and he certainly was cocksure of himself when he mm -hmm. left New England. When he mutually parted ways with Robert Kraft that Wednesday, he was all in on, I'll be coaching somewhere else. Robert's like, yeah, it's going to be tough to see him in cutoff sleeve hoodie on another sideline. I'll be rooting for him, you know, but except whenever, of but course, he plays our beloved Patriots. He's too old. He's too set in his ways. And that now, is see, what the league is saying. Now, okay, so when the offseason began, there You're were, too I believe, old. Eight, I feel like that's eight, an NBA, like, I dunked on you. you too old. Well, you know, honestly, I can, I can hear, you know what, I can, yeah, you're too small, exactly. And you say that, and I can hear Julian Edelman on the sideline in the AFC Divisional round where the Patriots clobbered the Chargers 41-28, and if you guys remember, it wasn't that close, just yelling at Brady, you're too old, you're too slow. I, I feel like the NFL isn't saying to Belichick, we think you're too old. We think you're too slow. It is a unique combination of reasons, I believe, why he has not been hired to coach another program, rebuild another program, et cetera. Because I think people believe, A, he only wants to get into it for like another three years or so just so he can get his wins record. Sure, if he could get to a conference championship or a Super Bowl, a la, let's say, Montana with the Chiefs, that would be great. But we know what Bill Belichick's drive and purpose in wanting to coach again, aside from maybe playing the Patriots, beating the Patriots, and shoving it up uh, the Kraft families, you know what, per se. Um, there's that, and also, it's Bill Belichick coming to your team comes with likely salary demands, likely personnel control, likely power moves, and as we saw with the Falcons, no, everybody, I don't believe this was Arthur Blank making Bill Belichick believe that it was 28-3 to and he had the job only to take it out from underneath him in a vengeance-based move for Super Bowl 51. I think Arthur Blank believed that Bill Belichick would be the best coach for his team and couldn't believe that he could have one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game come to his football team and bring relevance and hopefully victories and postseason back to them. This is the front office, as we heard, Andy. A bunch of the a bunch of nameplate guys, a bunch of business card guys not wanting to lose their gig, convincing Arthur Blank they should go with somebody who they could build around potentially long term and who also doesn't have the clout to come in and be like, uh, what is it you do here? Yeah, go ahead and pack your stuff. Thanks. We won't be needing you. So I think they brought reason to the conversation because I think the simple reason is Bill Belichick's too old. Um, I think he, if he were 60, 64, he would get what he wanted probably. Mm -hmm. And also. Isn't that um, Harbaugh's age? Sorry to interrupt, but isn't that Jim? Isn't 60. Harbaugh like he's yeah, how he's, much younger than uh, Belichick? He's a decade younger. Okay. Um, see, that makes it. It does make a difference. It makes a mess. Bill Belichick, right? If he got a job would be the second oldest coach in NFL history, only behind his buddy and interim Texans head coach, Romeo Cronell. Pete Carroll was going to become the oldest coach in NFL history this year until Seattle said, oh, not so fast, my aging friend. Get the hell out. Um, there is an expiration date. There always has been an expiration date on NFL head coaches. And it, more than ever, it's a young man's game. You just look at mm -hmm. the hires of 30-somethings and early 40-somethings head coaches with limited experience. But right. I would also argue... Um, the idea that Belichick needing full control and getting rid of people is a little bit not in line with the facts, because if you look at what happened in Atlanta, I do think the hierarchy of the Falcons was an issue for Bill, probably discussed mm -hmm. a lot in that second uh, interview. But they changed their structure. Rich McKay has been bumped out of the organization. He now runs the soccer team for Arthur Blank and new head coach Raheem Morris and GM 
Terry Fontenot. Fonten, Fontenot? Fontenot, Fontenot. I think Fontenot Whatever. is correct. However yeah. you say it. Um, they now report directly to Arthur Blank. So you could have had the same structure of Bill Belichick reporting directly to Arthur Blank, just like Raheem Morris is going to. Um, so I think it's very simple. I think the birth certificate, it's like he aged out. And mm -hmm. he only makes sense for the teams we've talked about, the Jets, Three teams. the Bills, the Cowboys. And guess what? And the Eagles. It would have made think, sense for the Eagles, too. Sure, Eagles. I think there's a chance he's coaching one of those teams by mid-October of next season. Whichever one Whoa. of those teams stumbles out of the gates. Ooh, I think okay. That coaching. is a nice, a spicy take, Mr. Hart, right there. I Am was I wrong? Thinking, no, actually, I don't think you're wrong. That's a dub. Go ahead and eat that one. Uh, I was thinking, you know, as, as the flurry of text messages came in yesterday from whatever threads you're on and people you converse with regularly about your favorite football team, I was replying to people like, well, he'll go do TV for a year. And the next year, when one of the better opportunities that should have presented itself to him this year comes open, maybe he'll jump back in. And there was a lot of like, oh, who's going to hire that older coach? I mean, he'll be a year older. He might get comfortable in TV. Look, he wants this wins record so badly because Shula had the gall to call him Belichick. And, you know, Bill, Bill's ego is probably as great as the as uh, as as his resume. And. God bless him. He deserves to do what he wants to do and go out the way that he wants to kind of the same way his quarterback deserved as well. But we're long since moved past that. Brady has made his legacy, his, his greatness established and Bill is looking to put a signature stamp on his as well. The idea that maybe the Eagles stumble out of the gate or that Mike McCarthy is like four and three at one point And Jerry's like, I don't know what I was thinking. Stephen, get Bill Belichick on the phone. I could see oh, one God, of those that's Bill Belichick's music, right? And now get the Lions gift back in, everybody, because Belichick's going to come walking in through that tunnel. I absolutely could see that. I love it. And just once again, because most good things in NFL circles, rumors, conversation, and points come from the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. You heard it here first, two days before Championship Sunday. Bill Belichick replacing a coach midseason next year is officially on the table. I like it, Andy. I like and it. And you know all. who loves that is. Um... Is it Bet Online US or whatever that loves to send out the odds for coaching changes? It's, it's Bet US and BetOnline.ag. Yep. Yeah. Well, those guys will get a lot of email run early next season by like week three. They probably have to wait two weeks for the season to start to trend mm -hmm. a certain way. They'll start sending out those emails and we'll all be saying, wow, they have Belichick as a, uh, you know, plus 300 to go to this team or blah, blah. I, and I, I'm all for it. I love it. I love the, uh, those things to me help make sports. First of mm -hmm. all, it makes wrestling. Who's going to be in the Royal Rumble? Who do you think the surprise, you know, entrance will be? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. It's or Royal Rumble weekend. Is Roger Clemens going to come back? Is is Patrice Bergeron going to come back? Can you call him out of retirement? Can you, like, uh, Philip Rivers has done it the last few. I think those are fun, like, side storylines. And to have it be Bill Belichick, who would come back at 72 years old to potentially ride in on his horse as a cowboy mm -hmm. to win a title in Dallas and get his wins. I mean, it's 15, right? He needs 15 wins. Correct. So there would be some pressure to get, because, you know, 17 win season. Now you add another three wins on, you can win 20 games in a year if you go on a Super Bowl run. So you'd have to do it relatively quickly to maybe allow him to be a one and done, like an interim head coach, mm -hmm. win the title, win his 15 games, and get the hell out of Dodge and Dallas all at once. You know, you say that about, you know, co uh, people coming out of retirement for one last rodeo or to help win a championship or, by God, is that so-and-so's music. 
as great as Super Bowl 57 was in terms of the entertainment and the competitive value between the Eagles and the Chiefs, there's a large part of me that will always wonder what would that game have looked like if the Niners somehow squeaked out a win against the Eagles and Phillip Rivers was called to San Francisco and had to train up, get ready, and then do a week of Super Bowl media as the oh. court, as the te temporary. I mean, you don't think those pressers would have been absolute internet gold? Watching Phillip Rivers berate Debo Samuel and George Kittle and try to beat Patrick Mahomes like old man versus the I got uh, high school kids that run that route better. Gosh, golly, darn, gee, hey, whoa, oh, Jesus, I'm going home to make another baby. Well, I don't even know. I had no idea why he speaks like an angry old Kermit. He probably wouldn't drop the big J word since that's uh, his big guy on the upstairs. Uh, that said, sure, it'd be great. So let's put that out there officially. Um, it's on the table. Belichick taking over team next year. but The Jets uh, is the one I want. I want and him with Aaron Rodgers. Just slide into that defense. Aaron, you can run the offense. I'll just oversee the team, and we'll go win a Super uh -oh, Bowl together. The world can hate us. Uh, welcome back to Get Up Here. The New York Jets at 4-4. Four and four. We have breaking news. Have dismissed Coach Robert Sala. Bill Bell. Woody Johnson has placed the call to, to Bill Belichick. Can you believe it? That would be, oh, the theater would be absolutely spectacular. It would break um, the internet. Uh but for now, let's just face the grim reality, or at least the temporarily grim reality, of Bill Belichick not on the sideline to start the 2024 season. It'll be the first year that he will not have been head coach of the Patriots or head coach since the year 2000. First year with no Brady or Belichick since before the year 2000 as well. And would you believe if he is not coaching to start the season, it will be the first year because he's no, he's not going to take a defensive coordinator job every someplace. Everybody just to no, you don't set. think. I, I kind of oh. don't think it's probably a little below his pay grade. It'll be the first year since 1975 that Bill Belichick will not have been prowling a sideline or somehow involved in a professional football organization to kick off a season, which is just bananas to me. Almost 50 years time. Uh, so where do you think he goes? Does he, does he go to Fox and work with Brady? I mean, I think he's going to do TV. I, I know for a fact to, right? he's interested in TV. Um or I know for a fact he's been interested in TV in recent years and has even talked to people about like looking better, presenting himself in a certain way that might, mm -hmm. you know, appeal to producers and things of that right. nature. Um, so I do think he does some TV. I've proposed he should do, and I think I've proposed this with you, the Amazon Prime alternate broadcast on Thursday Night Football where it's uh, adult only and he can swear and he can be the real raw Bill Belichick and just so Amazon Prime pushes chips in with all the Bezos money and says we see your Manning cast and we raise you a Bellistrator yep and even if you want to add Saban and make it Saban Belichick and maybe some like I don't know. You got to probably have like a TV guy to run it and organize it. A, a, uh, that would be University grad. Absolute gold. And I that think people would, would love tremendous. it. And, and, and we're all in that world of streaming services and driving eyeballs and getting people used to that world and everything. So mm -hmm. I think he probably does TV, especially if he has any designs of coming back is just mm -hmm. staying in sort of the, what do they call that? The zeitgeist. Yeah. Well, that's just the public eye. Uh, he's still part of the zeitgeist now, but, uh, well, yeah, you want to, you want to remain in the social cycle. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to spin out of the wash. So like Sean Payton is a great example to look to. He was there. People kept talking out about, him. Oh, you hear what Sean Payton had to say. That was a spicy take. I wonder if he's still interested in coaching, where will he be next? I, a Belichick will definitely be on TV and I think he'll do it really well. But and wait, even just for the breakdowns alone. What about, so to transition here from Bill Belichick to the Patriots, 
I'm going to ask you two questions. First one that I want you to answer is, is Bill Belichick not getting a job and the um, domino effect of that mm-hmm. good news or bad news for the New England Patriots? I'm not allowed to, to say both. I'm not al- I'm not allowed to say both, right? I will come through this effing All ah, right, all right. It's a uh, Okay, head, you ready for this? It is good news with his bill. It, it is good news. It's now the reason why is, it's why? I I believe it to be good news. The reason being not because they don't have to play him, not because his his blood feud or vendetta for the Patriots dismissing him after a quarter century uh is no law is is temporarily on ice, is in stasis but rather because I do not believe that they're going to fall back on Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator. I, cause I know that's one of everyone's biggest deepest fears is that McDaniels would go wherever Belichick goes. I think McDaniels will sit out, take his 10 million and wait for bill to get that gig someplace. And then McDaniels will follow him and ride off into his coaching sunset alongside the man who helped shepherd him to the position and post that he had. So I don't think McDaniels comes back to the Patriots. I do believe, though, that Steve and Brian Belichick will, and full well knowing that the assistant head coach offer has been extended to Steve Belichick should he come back to the Patriots, him coming back, working with Mayo, who he's got such a good relationship with, and then potentially having a defensive brain trust of Gerard Mayo, your head coach, Steve Belichick, potentially maybe a game day play caller and assistant head coach, and Demarcus Covington, should he be elevated to defensive coordinator and title, would be tremendous for the side of the ball that the New England Patriots obviously have specialized at and excelled in uh, the past several years. I think it would be great for the team. Okay. I think that's a fair argument. I think that's a very fair argument. Now, it still leaves your offense hanging. Um, our friend Mike Cadlick just retweeted uh, per Jonathan Jones, that guy, not that Jonathan Jones. The, the one that works for CBS guy. Sports. Yes. Um, Patriots are also now interviewing Texans QBs coach Gerard Johnson and Panthers OC Thomas Brown for Hmm. New England's open offensive coordinator position because part of the domino effect of the fact that Bill Belichick didn't get a job, Raheem Morris got a job is everyone is speculating that Zach Robinson, who had interviewed with the Patriots, is going to go to Atlanta to be Raheem Morris's uh, offensive coordinator. That obviously opens up the offensive coordinator job in L.A. with the Rams, which could allow Nick Cayley to advance his career under Sean McVay there. He has interviewed for the Patriots offensive coordinator job because you're now kind of getting really low on the list of offensive coordinator candidates for the Patriots and that don't have head coaching uh, that don't have head coaching aspirations and see this as a lateral move at best. Correct. Just the lowest of the low. You didn't get Shane Waldron. You might not get Nick Cayley. You're not getting in all likelihood, Zach Robinson, like you're getting down the list. These are less. And I think you could argue Zach Robinson going in. He started to step on your toes. He's going to Atlanta with Raheem Morris based on all accounts. Oh, no. um, And I also love how people have fallen in love with with the Rams. You're right. right. Yeah. I'd love how people have fallen in love with these guys. I can't tell you how many beat reporters are like, that'd be a great hire for the Patriots. How the F do you know? Like what exactly tells you Zach Robinson is the guy to lead the Patriots into the future? It's It's Sean McVay's love. Yes. Because he, because he, because he called plays for the Rams in the preseason and learned about like everybody wants a piece. So the Belichick theory that failed for 20 years. So, but like, it's sort of like, in it, it, you know, like if somebody could just go pull a seed from that garden where like the trees have grown so tall and the fruit is so ripe and luscious and they can just take it back and plant it there, then their garden will resemble the one that they coveted and admired for so long. 
It's the McVeigh adjacent. Anything, anyone who like held a clipboard for was in a meeting with or got coffee for Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVeigh is instantly the top contender for an offensive position of any kind, QB coach, coordinator, et cetera, on a lot of other teams, especially where they are in desperate need of an offensive rebrand, reboot, and identity like the Patriots. So we're going to stick with that plan because that's, I know Jeff Howe, I believe it was Jeff Howe reported like McDaniels immediately goes right to the top of the list for offensive mm -hmm. coordinator in New England. I don't really believe that. I think jo Gerard Mayo has made it quite clear. He wants to go in a different direction offensively. And mm -hmm. unless you're somehow convincing McDaniels to oversee that and, and, and do something different than what he's basically done for 20 years as an NFL coach, I, I just, that doesn't make more sense. I'd rather see, I don't know these people at all. Gerard Johnson or, or whoever I just, Thomas Brown, Jones, whoever. I don't I've heard nothing of them. I know so, nothing of them. I'd rather Gerard stick to his guns. And even though you're down to number six on your list or five on your list or however far down the list you are, stick to your guns, go in a new direction. But I would ask you, is it possible? Is it possible? And I think my answer would be no. But I think, is it possible Josh McDaniels could fulfill a consultant or an assistant head coach role to just help Gerard through the pitfalls of being a head coach more than more than oversee the offense, more than be a schematic voice, just be mm -hmm. a, um, hey, just so you know, when I was in Denver, I did what you're about to do. It didn't go well. Or when I yeah. was in Vegas, I did that. I'm not telling you what to do, but that's a third rail that's going to end with you in trouble. So don't touch that. I, yeah, could he fill yeah. that role? That's that's a great that's a great question. And if you if you think about it, like Mayo was around Josh McDaniels for so long, there shouldn't be much that he hasn't that he that he forgot or didn't experience with McDaniels. It's not sort of like, oh man, if only McDaniels was here to tell me, you know, uh, I I wish I remember what Josh did. Like I'm sure he's ultimately familiar with a lot of McDaniels' work and the manner with in which he conducted himself on the Patriots. But I can't see that that would be a detriment to the team to at least not have McDaniels be the full-time offensive coordinator, but rather just be like a guiding boy, a consultant. Yeah. That would be it. I think that would be a net positive for the Patriots, but again, cannot stress enough the need for a new voice, the need for a new system, the need for something fresh. Like we can't just continue to spiral the old around. Like it's going to have to be a little, I want different. I know you do too. Do we want change just for the sake of change? Or do we really believe that like, everything that worked for the Patriots with minus the legendary talent has kind of aged out. Well, I also think, and I, I threw this at Rich Keefe last night on our WEI nighttime program, um, the Rich Keefe show, which I think needs a refresher of a name. I think Fitzy and Hart should get their name in there somewhere since they do it all the time, but Hey, hey different topic. Maybe, different day. maybe Keefe and company at least. No, 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 no. We're not and company. That's dismissive. I, I want our names. Right. Or yeah, even probably. the Six Rings boys, Keith with the mm -hmm. Six Rings boys, at least like, help a little podcast out, you know, push a little synergy that direction. Anyway, we also need to recall mm -hmm. that it gets lost in the um, experiment gone wrong that was Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. But if you recall early on in that process, everybody was on the same page. Bill said, it's my offense. Joe Judge says, Bill Belichick has a vision for what he want, wants this new streamlined offense to be mm -hmm. so when josh mcdaniels left bill belichick was already thinking our offense needs to go in a different direction like what we've done for 20 plus years 
isn't working. Now, it all got screwed up because he made a terrible decision by letting uh, Patricia and Judge run it, and then that blew up in his face. So then Robert kind of stepped in and said, hey, how about we bring in a real coach next year? Real coach is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is similar to the McDaniels way. So they went back to that. But after the 2021 season in which Josh left, I think Bill was on board with the idea, hey, we need to take this New England offense in a new direction, simplify it, make it easier Correct. for receivers to come in and learn it and be, I like watching young receivers on other teams come in and catch 60 balls, whereas our guys are like, I don't know what route to run, too complicated, nope, don't know what to do. So the Patriots under Bill Belichick, which means who else was there? Gerard Mayo, were mm -hmm. ready to go in a different direction offensively. So, yes, I think everybody, including Bill Belichick, believes, not that he has a say anymore, that the Patriots offense needs to go in a more modern uh, direction. Can I give you my other idea? And this one's stupid, I admit it. Okay, you ready for a stupid idea? I'm ready, very much ready. It's stupid like a fox. How long until an offensive play caller, don't laugh, is an AI replication of Bill Walsh or some other coordinator. Why can't you just plug in every play that Bill Walsh ever called in every situation with every talent um, on the field and the computer spits out, well, it's third and seven and your running back's hot today. We're going to run this. Aren't we trending in that direction? Isn't play calling becoming more um, computer-based or, or information-based or analytics-based? Ooh, Ooh, I I like it. I like it. Okay, yes. Ahead. This is fascinating. Wait, this far. is absolutely fascinating. That AI, like I haven't even thought about it because here we were just the other day talking about. Uh, we were talking about how, um, you know, Gerard Mayo said he wants the analytics to match what his gut tells him. So yep. he doesn't want to just be an analytics PFF New Age EPA guy. Uh, he'll take the analytics into account, but he still is going to have to get a real feel as a game manager, as the man who oversees the whole product and program and used to actually roam the side, uh, roam between the numbers and the hashes as well. That's great. But will there be a, co a, a team one day that almost like we're, we're using chat NFL or we're yes. using Bing bot? Yes. I a hundred. There'll be a figurehead on the sideline, yep. but co they're constantly the whopper is in his ear, if you will. That's a very dated reference to war games. Don't worry about it, folks. Absolutely, uh, because the one thing Gerard said. also genius, Andy. Um, Gerard said something when he was talking about analytics. He's like, you know, a team does something 63% of the time. Good luck keeping track of that on the field. If you can do that, you should be counting cards. Well, a computer can keep track of that. If I plug in the other team's tendencies and I plug in everything we like to do offensively and I plug in the way Bill Walsh or Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan would call it, the computer can run through those immediately in, in you know, the one-tenth of a second it needs to to spit out the play call for the situation at hand and the talent we have on the field. So I, I'm saying this facetiously, but not facetiously. Like, I think mm -hmm. there will be a day when an AI play caller exists. And then, as you said, there's a body on the sideline and there's a guy that has to coach all week. Like they have to prepare and practice and, and do all that stuff with an actual human being. But the play call itself, I absolutely think could come from a computer. And hey, the Patriots are ahead of the curve, right? They're, a, they're always playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Hey, Gerard Mayo, get yourself an AI offensive coordinator and just let Nick Cayley run the show. Wow. Wow, that would be. I'm an idea. Be something. 
That would be something. You guys, you've brought some big ideas to the table today. I was going to say for an end of the week where we're just kind of tidying up uh, all matters, Patriots, and wondering, wondering, but what for the future of the greatest coach of all time? There are a lot of big, grand scheme NFL ideas in this podcast, Andy. I'm glad you, uh, whatever was in that coffee today, make sure you brew a fresh pot each and every time. We do six rings and football things here. Thank you guys for listening as well. Um, this has been the sort of like top heavy front leg of the podcast where we've discussed coordinators, where we've discussed artificial intelligence involved in the NFL, Bill Belichick, his future, and so much more. You like any of these ideas, you believe in Andy's future, which will ultimately end in the singularity and the robots taking over. If it's because of our addiction to the NFL, well, you know what? We had a good run, Andy. It's uh, going to be AI play calling in flag football. That is my vision. AI NFL. That's right. I mean, Hey, listen, no maybe, and you know what? Maybe they'll test it out in the UFL as well, or uh, Tully Banta Kane's beach football league, the BFL. Who knows? Although oh, I think Tully Banta Kane has a beach football league. You didn't know about this? No. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got like he's got a a little upstart league that's kicking off soon, where uh, former players, uh, former players are coaches, and former players are going to play. I know. Hopefully, uh, everyone just cuts to the Robert Edwards injury from the yeah. Pro Bowl years ago. Uh, yeah, it's going to be like a former players beach football kind of thing in the Bahamas. I think it's going to be either uh, I, I'll I'll watch. I'll go. Sounds fun to me. If it if it ends up like dog dog fight football from Top Gun Maverick, why not? I'm all in. Who knows? Because I, I still don't understand that. I still don't get how I that still, works. I don't either. All I know, it was a fun scene in a movie with a really good song. Um, anyway, if you like any of these crazy ideas, you disagree with our takes, whatever, just get involved. Hit us up anytime at Fitzy GFY at Jumbo Heart and at six rings pod. All right, Andy, let's uh, get our picks on the record. It is championship Sunday in the NFL at three o'clock. The Kansas city chiefs who have been to not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six consecutive AFC championships in pursuit of the trophy named after the man. So inextricably tied, of course, to their legendary organization, the Lamar hunt trophy, the Kansas city chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid travel to Baltimore on a Sunday in late January, which is not something most people would do of their own volition to take on the number one seat. I, I don't let bots. Baltimore is not taking my favorite shots city. At Baltimore. Who are you? Yeah. Dave Chappelle. I just watched his latest special. And he was taking <laughs> shots at Baltimore. Uh, you'd actually, when you're in Baltimore this time of year, I would recommend you take shots. Uh, it's cold in the Harbor down there as well. And it's, I don't know. Anyway, um, God bless them all. Fells point. Great place to party. Great place to hang out and tailgate as well. Um, m and Bank Stadium uh, could kind of use a little upgrade and refresh. Oh, I like it. It's nicer yeah. than Gillette. Yeah. To each his own. Uh, so uh, the Chiefs travel to Baltimore. Three o'clock kickoff. That's the early of the two mm. to take on the number one seed in the AFC. Lamar Velis Jackson. Uh, our old pal Zay Flowers. A top-rated defense. Jim Harbaugh's brother. Now, I believe the second longest tenured head coach in the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. We'll get to the NFC Championship after this one. I think this is the one that is of greater interest uh, to all intended parties in the American Football Conference, Andy. I think this is going to be an absolute dogfight because the Chiefs showed you last week, granted against a defense that was pretty banged up in cold temps up in Buffalo, that when Patrick Mahomes has everything moving in the right direction and Andy, he and Andy Reed and even old Matt Nagy have, uh, are all in hive mind and lockstep. 
they can do things. They really can do things. And that run game was pretty powerful last week. Now that was against, again, a banged up defensive front. Now they go into the teeth of arguably a top three defense in the NFL that is motivated. Those fans are going to be going absolutely berserk on Sunday. But Patrick Mahomes, 9-1-1 against the spread when he is an underdog. Those numbers are pretty appetizing to me. I think I know which way I'm leaning, but what's your 10,000-foot view and take of this game? Well, you people have been offended for years that I say Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are your team. They are the Patriots. They are Brady and Belichick. Best coach, best quarterback. Wake up, tell me when it's late January, and tell me when it's the AFC title game because you're going to be watching me there. So they're back. They are, I always liken them to the bad guy in the horror flick. You better not only shoot them, then step over them, shoot them again, then put them through like a yard chipper or something to make sure they are dead. And <laughs> no, deep. yeah, you don't like it's not the movie where you just like put one in them and then walk nope. away. Like, no, no. No, no, I no, mean, no, no. I first you put like I want gas on top of the corpse, then I want it burned, then I want yep. the charred remains, you know, fed like in the movie Fargo into the mulcher, yep, uh, and absolutely. then I want to light that on fire again, and yep. then I want to put it in a box. And I want to put it on a rocket and blast it in outer space. No question. That's them. And then the other thing is that you people don't want to hear. Sign me up. Just add Joe Burrow. But sign me up for Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. Just give me some pairing of those four in the mm -hmm. AFC title game for the foreseeable future. And I'm happy. The, they're just fun. They're entertaining. They're storylines. And... This game is, is inclusive of that. This is the game of the weekend. Um, they probably wish the games had been flipped and this had been the opposite year where the AFC game was later. Um, right. But yeah, Lamar, good, that's, that's is, good call. Lamar is about to enter um, that special rarefied air because I keep saying this. I said this on TV the other night, brag, as I say on the Rich Keefe show when yeah, I say those yeah. things. Um, Rob Gronkowski was the most genuine player I ever covered hung around saw he was who he was and he didn't give a rat's ass on the field or off the field what you thought of it he was going to do things the gronk way mm -hmm. the new version of that for me is lamar jackson he has done everything in his career the lamar jackson way right up until no i don't need an agent i'll do my own contract oh and i'll nail the hell out of it and i'll get 80 million dollars in cash this year or whatever the hell it is on a 250 like and now i'm going to go out and people told me i couldn't pass and i can't this and i can't that well guess what I'm about to win my second MVP. How you like them apples? Shove them up your ass sideways. And he's about to go win a Super Bowl because I do think he's going to. Not to tip my pick here, but Ooh. the Ravens are the best all-around team in football they have been all year. They have yeah. players on defense. They have great linebackers. Kyle Hamilton is one of the best players in the game that people don't give enough attention true, to. True. When he's healthy, that is a, that is a when we say like transcendent talent or generational yeah. player, like lucky Baltimore to have maybe the greatest safety, top three safety of all time in Ed Reed. And now Kyle Hamilton is quickly showcasing that his verse, he is that definition, Andy, of that like, He's a safety that's almost as big as a linebacker. He's insane in coverage. He hits like a freight train and has instincts that just you can't even put on a chart because they're off of it. He's um, when people say, would you sign Kyle Duggar for eighty five million dollars or something? I'd say no, 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 I would Kyle Hamilton, but I won't Kyle Duggar like mm -hmm. they're they're two different cows, cows, um, the wrong Kyle. But they um, that Ravens team is phenomenal. The one thing I will say if they get Mark Andrews back, 
If mm-hmm. he's on the field making plays, because mm-hmm. he used to be the only way they passed the ball. In years past, the only way they threw the ball was to Mark Andrews. If you add Mark Andrews to what they've been doing, oh, they're phenomenal. And then on the flip side of that, I yeah. think the key injury in this game, Isaiah Pacheco. When he's on the field, that Kansas City offense is a different beast. They need him to run the football. If but- he's not capable of running... I don't think the Chiefs have a shot in Hades of winning in Baltimore. No. So uh, old pal Joe Tooney is likely out with a pectoral injury. That's a that's ah, bad news because, because uh, he is one of the best guards in the NFL and key to Kansas City's uh, resurgent offensive line play. Pacheco, who runs my favorite line, was uh, somebody wrote earlier this year on, on Twix. Um, Isaiah Pacheco runs like he's mad at gravity for holding yeah. him down. Uh, he, he does, it, and he's acknowledged he, those. He likes those. I don't know if you saw this week. He he said he likes all the memes and the ideas and the things he's heard about his running style. He enjoys it. It's but he's he's fun to watch. Every yeah, every run, every run, he makes he makes Rex Burkhead look timid in his in his approach and his carries. Like no, he's awesome. He, he's a, and you know probably won't lead to a very long career and he'll be washed away and we'll be forgetting about him in a few years because it's hard to play that way. I also you know my bias. My South Coast, Massachusetts, Portuguese bread near New Bedford bias. Around here, we call him Pacheco. It's not Pacheco. A lot of Pacheco is living around here. So the latest on Isaiah Pacheco, his game day status, uh, I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, if he uh, plays, the the Chiefs have a shot because he is the key to balancing out their offense and allowing them. Now, obviously, I say that. They always have a shot with Patrick Mahomes. I go back to where I started. They always have a shot with Patrick Mahomes. Now, I do believe his DNP for Wednesday and Thursday is probably much more load management related as opposed to like just keeping him out. Like, Tooney's not going to play. Pacheco, I think that they're holding big. on to. Joe Tooney is a great player for them. He's actually, no, he's tremendous. He's a fantastic well, he was a great player here. I mean, he's, he's a great player. Right. Yeah, there are not a lot of injuries. Uh, the Ravens are coming in about as healthy as you possibly can. That's two full practices in a row for Mark Andrews, Marlon Humphrey. He's been limited, but he'll likely play. Not that I think that he's any great shakes and he can easily be burned anytime. Look, I think this game is going to, I think this game is going to be a fist fight. I really do. The chief's defense is legit. You've got excellent corners and Snead and Trent McDuffie as well. Uh, Chris Jones playing for one of the largest contracts in defensive lineman history. So the chiefs are not going to really get had and gashed, I believe. And it's just a matter of what, how do the chiefs attack this ferocious Baltimore defense that is good at every level? Like, to say for to say first to 20 wins, I feel pretty good about that. And you almost so I agree with that. Like the matchup is tough. We talk about Kyle Hamilton, Travis Kelsey, the, like all the various they have two of the best linebackers in football. So Pacheco mm-hmm. running the ball. Oh, you don't have a guard. Like here's a face full of, of Roquan Smith. No thanks. And then even their wild card isn't quite generally, you'd say, yeah, but. Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the field. So he could just carry. Well, in this case, I'm not sure he's the best player on the field right now. You can argue Lamar Jackson is the best player in this game, the best quarterback. So you even lose that usual, like you usually have that ace up your sleeve, Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Hmm, They have an ace. That's better. Well, when his, when his game is right, if you get second half against the Texans, Lamar Jackson, and granted that was against the Texans in there. Um, suspect at times to defense, then yes, then there's no stopping that guy. If you get one that is caught in his own head, gets blooded and bruised early and becomes hesitant and doesn't get out and do the Lamar Jackson things he's capable of. Again, now we're talking ball game. Uh, the rave. I can't tell you the chiefs are definitely going to win, 
I do think that they cover three and a half. They put that little Vegas hook in there for a reason. I think this is a field goal game. You are, you also have not only two of the best kickers in the league right now, you have two of the best kickers in the last 20 years, maybe the best yep. kicker of all time in Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker in terms of just like, Hey buddy, we need you out here. Like, hold, yeah, listen, hold my Boulevard beer. I got you coach. Um, guy hits 40 something yarders in playoff games with his eyes closed. So if it comes, if it's a field goal game, trust in your kicker, but I could see 2017 or even 16, 13 Ravens. Yeah. I, um, I'm more in the, I think the Ravens cover, uh, I'm more in like the 24, 17 range. I think your scores are kind of in the ballpark. I'm thinking about, um, I think this is going to be a game where Baltimore basically controls it wire to wire, but not comfortably. Like they're always like, God damn it. They're still right behind us. And they still have Patrick Mahomes like that, that kind of we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there, but we're, he's always right there. And so don't F up. Um, and I also would say I'm rooting for Lamar. I'm rooting for the Ravens. I don't know how you people feel about that. John Harbaugh, the rivalry and everything, but I am rooting for Lamar, not only to win this game, I'm rooting for Lamar to win the Super Bowl. All right, there you go. I and but you know, uh, one last thing that I'll say before we quickly uh, look to the NFC game and wrap it up here. Uh, you know who the NFL wants, and not to say that their agenda is overt and declared, but when you put in Sean Smith as your as your head official, the, as the head referee for the game, and this guy has called more penalties on home teams and favors the road team all the time. I mean, the NFL, they saw the ratings for Bill's Chiefs, and I know that's become regular postseason theater, but not saying, just saying. The yeah, NFL, but every official favors Patrick Mahomes. Now, this is where I join you people. I become one of you people. Uh -huh, every welcome. time I watch a Chiefs game, even though I like Mahomes, and you know I like Andy Reid, and I kind of like the idea of the Chiefs chasing the Patriots and making that a storyline. Sure. I love that theater. Sure. It is so infuriating to watch that DB that plays QB and KC. Eh, he touched me. He came by me. Oh, you, you, you mean your hand? Like, screw off. You're going to get those calls. Stop asking for them. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, they want that. I think I think the NFL would probably love nothing more than what I'm called. They would probably call it the Taylor Swift versus Eminem, the pop culture bowl. I call it the bookend bowl because I would love to see a run back of the first game of the season. That has never happened before. And supposedly everything that has happened before will happen again. That has never happened. And I would love to see the rematch. All right. So I got the chiefs Hart has the Ravens covering quickly to the nightcap. Uh, the lions, the kneecap biters are seven point dogs on the road in San Francisco, San Francisco barely got by the upstart surging green Bay Packers last week. The lions, meanwhile, held off a valiant effort by Baker Mayfield, who going to get paid someplace. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won two games in a row. You could say they're playing with house money at this point. Dan Campbell has already proved himself a legend in Detroit, the Motor City, and the NFC North. And yet, I, when, as much as I enjoy watching the San Francisco offense when it clicks with all the talent that they have, something still, once again, doesn't feel right. Now, there are those, Andy, who believe that San Francisco got their cruddy postseason game out of the way. Now they'll fire on all cylinders against a Detroit defense that can be had at certain levels and at certain times. I just feel like they they played with fire. They got burnt and something isn't there. And the weakest link is the guy that we've all been cheerleading for the last two years, Mr. Revelvin himself, the Purdy one. Uh, I know you don't love golf and I know that makes you not love the, the lions, but I, there is not a single fiber of my being that can make me root against this team. I just, I love this so much is such a ride and, 
I kind of don't want it to end. I hate Goff. Um, I don't want him to be a Super Bowl champion. I don't want I, like, and I feel bad because I do kind of like the story of Dan Campbell and the Lions and the city of Detroit yeah. and all that. I like yeah. that, but I just Goff just turns my stomach when I watch him play. I think he's such oh, a jeepers. It's appropriate that he's a lion because he's a bit of a. Oh um, no, think, no one likes that. Oh, we just oh look at the number count. Everyone just stop listening. That's they, it, it is what it is. Um, and I don't love the Niners. I don't love Kyle Shanahan. I don't really love B Brock Purdy. I think he's capable. Either quarterback here to me could fall on their face in this game. Mm -hmm. Could absolutely fall on their face. Um, Debo Samuel's practicing, so it looks like he'll be out there. I think that's a big addition. Um, part of the 49ers off. He is going to take a needle about yay long full of As something special right to that spot and play through a whole lot of pain. As he um, well, I don't think he'll play through a lot of pain. I think he'll be feeling uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel nothing at all. Um, all right. So Anybody of these four, this? so Niners rushing attack, Detroit rushing attack, Niners passing, Lions passing. What is the strongest of the four offensive uh, fronts, if you will, in this game. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I like the Lions passing attack when they're on with Laporta and St. Brown. Like that's an impressive kind of combination. Obviously, and your boy Jamison, when Jamison Williams yep. is just floating free down deep, people owe sleep yeah. on him. That's a tough challenge. Um, but one thing I didn't mention, I love both of these games mm -hmm. have two of the best linebacker duos in the NFL. Like linebacker, I felt like for a little while there was kind of a dying position. And now you Good have point. Fred Warner and Roquan Smith, like all these guys, Queen, mm -hmm. like elite linebackers. I love that. Um, going yeah. against intriguing um, playmaking running backs. Obviously, Jameer Gibbs, Christian McCaffrey in this game are two of the more dynamic players out of the backfield that you'll ever find from any era. Never mind just this era. Um, right. The coaching matchup is interesting because you got the older generation, not old, but like Kyle Shanahan is like the offensive mastermind with McVay mm -hmm. of this generation. But you got Brian Johnson, who's building a, a head coaching career. Um, ben Johnson. I mean, Ben Johnson. Yep. Brian, Brian Possibly. Johnson. Possibly. Canned in uh, Philly. Bad And the lead singer of ACDC. But never want to have a Johnson. Johnson. All right up my you saved saved it for the tail end didn't you you, you held out as long as you oh, could. there's a johnson in the tail end oh my god oh i'm sorry everybody probably just should have had andy to say who he was picking and called it a pod um ben johnson likely to take the job as the commander's yep. uh a head coach afterward if if he gets dismissed after this game the lions lose this is a calling card and resume game for him as well potential legacy game for he and Dan Campbell and everything that they have done. Like I said, they've already done enough that they'll be remembered and the city will love them forever. But yeah, I would love to see, I'd love to see a shootout. Like if we think the first game is going to be a defensive struggle in the cold temps outside in Baltimore between two hard hitting defenses with two amazing, creative, unique unicorn talents at quarterback between Mahomes and Lamar, just give me people sling it in this game. Like sure. I'll say, uh, David, I might put on money on a, you know, the Jameer Gibbs rushing prop, a David Montgomery anytime touchdown, the over on uh, number of receptions for Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, and I'd do the same for probably Ayuk and for McCaffrey as well. Like this could be, Andy, you said you wanted the games flip so we could look forward to Lamar versus Mahomes, a heavyweight championship worthy of top billing in the nighttime. I would love to see that heavyweight fight early, almost be like, whew, God, that game was intense. I need to, I got to walk the dog and just like, take a minute and then get in and dinner is served. You go for your second round of nachos and Buffalo wings and crack a fresh beverage and then just sit down and just watch three hours of Tecmo bowl and Madden highlights. Like, let's just get it on. 
And if that happens, that also brings the pass rushes, the Aiden Hutchinson or Bosa-led pass rushes, those mm-hmm. defensive lines that San Francisco brings to the table. And Hutchinson's been on a heater, as you like to say. I feel like he's got a sack every time I watch. He didn't have a great year sack-wise, but of late, he's been on a heater. Oh, he's been on a rip. So if it becomes one of those, really, we're slinging it, we're looking to make a lot of plays, um, then those defensive fronts get involved. Probably favors the Niners. They're deeper. But Mm -hmm. Aiden Hutchinson might just say, nah, I'm special. You know, this is my coming out party. Because I love, that's what I love about these days. Remember, He's a Michigan man, yeah. He's a Michigan man. And maybe this is the Chris Hogan game. Remember back in the, the, when Julio Jones and Chris Hogan had the same stats in the AFC and NFC title game, it was like two touchdowns, 180. Oh, that was against the Steelers, January, 2017. Like uh, he was, Chris Hogan shows up, like shows up in a big game. Maybe this is the breakout party for like an Aiden Hutchinson or somebody on defense. Oh man. It's I, you know, it's no easy. It's, it's a tall order, tall task. And it's, so to say like, hey, by the way, if you want to make a name for yourself, carry the team you grew up rooting for that you always wanted to play for yeah. that has never been to the Super Bowl, the championship. All you have to do is take on the best left tackle in the last 20 years in the NFL and Trent Williams. But that's a better story. Like, that's the story I can root for. Screw Goff. Fuck Goff. Oh, uh, whoa. All right. On that one, it's pretty creative. Good job. At the same time. Uh, I also like fu- to call him Jagoff. He's a Jagoff uh, yeah, Okay. That's very Pittsburgh. All right. All right. Well, Yins, so Yins like can just wrap better. it up now. All right. All right. That's good. All right. So once again, our picks, I am taking the Lions. I want them to win. I think they can cover. I'm taking them mostly just because I think they could pull off the upset. I like the under in the first game. I like the over in the NFC game. And I like the Chiefs to squeak in under the three and a half, if not pull off the upset. Andy likes the under as well in the first game. He's going with the Ravens. He, uh, Who are you picking in this game, dude? I am going with the 49ers to curb stomp Jared Goff. I think the 49ers win by double digits and cruise into the Super Bowl against the Ravens because it was foreseen that way when they designed the logo. It's fixed, you goofs. (laughs) And there you have it, folks. You cannot get analysis, entertainment, perspective, and conversation about football or anything in this blessed and beautiful life any better than you do right here on the Six Rings and Football Things. We are pumped, geeked, and jacked for an amazing championship Sunday. Should any news break in the wide world of Patriots, you can always look to WEI at Six Rings Pod, at Jumbo Hartnett, Fitzy GFY, and, of course, our beat writer and buddy, Mike Cadlick, to swoop in and give you the latest and greatest. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know what your bets got. Tag us in any of your posts. Share your insights and thoughts and more. And if not, we'll talk to you in a couple days as well after Champ Sunday and see what's up with your Patriots. This is Six Rings of Football Things brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports sponsored by the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash Six Rings today. For Hart, for Terp, this is Fitzy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Enjoy your championship Sunday. Good day, God bless, and as always, go Pats.